Welcome, 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 welcome. It is the Fish and Podcast. We are back. It is post-Super Bowl hangover edition. Yeah. Fish and Chip Podcast. Dan Fish, Chip Dealey. How we doing, Chip? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I felt about the Super Bowl on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. It was not all that it was hyped up to be. It was not that entertaining. Nope. Kind of, kind of flopped. I did, yeah. But first, as we do every other day, we are going to dive into some little topics first and get into all the happenings of the NFL this weekend in segment two. Remember, we're the Fish and Chip Podcast. We're on Twitter at Fish and Chip Pod. We're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Machine. Most places you get your podcast and Amazon. I don't know if I said that, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Watch the place. Lots of stuff going on. You got some news from the MLB world. First, uh, a little bit of sad. Well, it is sad news because that, sad. that's how we like to open up our, our show. Um, Pedro Gomez, longtime ESPN Sports Center baseball analyst, I think unexpectedly passed away on Sunday. Yeah, unexpectedly, age 58. Uh huh. He was, uh, yeah, like a foundation in the baseball analyst side of ESPN. So that's that was surprising. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Yes, obviously. Uh, another baseball news: our long-awaited signing of Trevor Bauer happened after the Mets thought they had him on. I think it was Thursday night. <laughs> oh, there's a big story behind this. I don't know if I'll get into it, but he is signing with the Dodgers instead for three years and 102 million total. Yeah, a good amount of money. Yeah. With opt-out options after the first and second year. Wow, that's a lot of money. Do you want to hear the whole drama with the Mets or nah? Sure. I'm interested. You've okay. you've piqued my interest. Okay. So, Trevor Bauer had a huge apology on Twitter on Sunday night after the Super Bowl. Because, basically, it seemed like the Mets were going to be getting him on Friday, like, there was already stuff leaking out there from Trevor Bauer's own website or something. And then Sunday night, Trevor Bauer's like, I owe you a huge apology. My staff and my marketing team just prepared a bunch of like images and stuff of potential new teams. Cause he wasn't sure where he was going to sign until basically the day of. So they wanted to be prepared to have all this stuff ready to put out there. Like on a second's notice, whenever he signed and somehow they like uploaded all this stuff to his website and it was supposed to be hidden. Yes. Yeah, it was supposed to be hidden, but the Mets stuff leaked early and was posted publicly. So then all the Mets fans and people in New York were like, oh my gosh, we're getting Trevor Bauer. And then like 12 hours later, he signed with the Dodgers. So that was uh, a big whirlwind for the Mets there. I just lost you for like 20 seconds. Oh, well, I, w- I was talking. Oh, this is going to show up on the recording. I don't know. I hope so. Okay. <clears throat> if not, then we'll just scratch that whole thing. Who cares? Who cares, right? That's the mood we're in. <laughs> Who cares? All right, moving on. Some golf. You watched some golf this week. I did. <laughs> yeah. Wow, huh? Yeah. I uh, got you intrigued in watching the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You did. Uh, with limited number of fans, however, it was still pretty exciting. Huh? Brooks Kepka takes the tournament with finishing 1900 par one shot victory. Uh, he chipped in for eagle on the 17th hole, uh, secured the win then. 
Uh, so some fireworks down the stretch. It's Jordan Spieth had a great showing on yeah. Saturday, shooting a six un or sixty-one ten under par, ten birdies, eight pars, no bogeys. Um, people were really excited, thinking he might win a tournament and be back. However, uh, I just want to say, watching his play, he still has the. He's still making the same mistakes he he has been as far as off the tee. He's got either the duck hooks or the completely blocked off to the right shots going under pressure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, first first drive I of Sunday. He's starting. He did start to putt better though on Saturday, but uh, um, he's still got a lot that he's got to work through to get back to the form that he was at. But good seeing him take that first step, maybe uh, shooting a really good score like that and being in contention and getting that feeling back in his body. But ultimately. Uh, Xander Shaffley was up there on the top of the leaderboard for a while. James Hahn took a two-shot lead, I think, at one point and was like 18 or 19 iron par and then hit a few balls in the water as well did Shaffley. And Kepka uh, played very solid the last five, six holes. And like I said, chipped in for Eagle and took the tournament. Congrats to him. Congrats. That's my golf. All right. Nice. Thanks, Dan. Back to you, Chip. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't you run that sound, Chip? It's time for Dan's favorite athlete on earth today. Eh, Kind of a cool story over the weekend. I don't know if you caught this one, Chip. Lolo Jones, a former track star for the United States. Um, She used to run sprints and hurdles. Uh, She uh, joined a bobsled team with Kaylee Humphreys and won the world championship in bobsled. Her first ever world championship really? <laughs> in that sport. Actually, it's not that uncommon from what I'm what I've heard for track stars to go to bobsled because the big part of bobsled is getting a good amount of speed built up yeah. and then hopping in your sled, you know. So they want like those sprinters from track when they start getting to the point where they can't compete in track. They sometimes get them to uh change gears and go to bobsled and actually compete really well so there's a lot of former track athletes that are in that sport so lolo jones athlete of the day winning a world championship in bobsled and i think she was a former world champion in track as well in some other events so and uh for for our iowa listeners she was born in iowa we're shouting on iowa there you go ding ding (laughs) ding 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 I typed in Lolo Jones on Google and it said, I thought I would say like track star or something or Olympic, whatever, but it said Lolo Jones, Bob said. Yep. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like the, yeah, whatever. Recent, recent events. Yes. American bobsled or not, not X track runner or anything. Not X track runner. Yeah. Very good. So athlete of the day, Lolo Jones right like there. <laughs> Yeah, with that, we got a whole lot to talk about NFL segment two. We're coming back, Fish and Chip podcast. Get ready, buckle in, and stick with us. It's going to be exciting and fun to listen to. But um, bump, have fun. See you later. Bye. Welcome back to the Fish and Chip podcast. Shout out Toronto because that's where the weekend was from or is from. According to Danny's from somewhere else. I won't say it, but yeah. That was the, uh, the Super Bowl halftime guy. Fish and Chip podcast. Chip Daly here, Dan Fish over there. What did you think of the halftime performance, by the way, Dan? Um, I caught like the first little bit of it, and then I had fatherly duties to, ah. to attend to. So, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought I was surprised that he was up in the stands. That was interesting. Yeah, I know. That was different. 
I think it's probably the coolest set they've ever done for a uh, Super Bowl because they had the whole, you know, stands to work with. Like, I mean, like the props and stuff, all the lights and the, the stage thing. Yep. The city lights and the mirror maze. Because usually they're just on a little stage in the middle of the field. Yeah. So I think the overall like set, the props were probably the coolest. But otherwise, he, yeah. He didn't have any special guests join him, did he? No. I kept waiting for someone, but no. I wonder with COVID, maybe if they like yeah. uh, said, don't do that. But I mean, they had um, like 50 dancers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I thought it was all right. Yeah. I think it was like a historic one, but it was good. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It was good. It's not the best, not the worst. Yeah, it's not like people are going to be like, oh, it sucked, man. Yeah. No, it was, it was quality. Yeah. Quality. Uh, good quality. Enough. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd say. It was quality. Good, good enough. Yes, indeed. Just like our podcast. Just good <laughs> enough. enough. Hall of Fame 2021 class for the NFL has been voted and decided upon. We have eight members getting gold jackets and busts in Canton, Ohio. Indeed. I'm going to run through the list. Ready? Alan Fanica, guard, uh, played the Steelers a lot. Calvin Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer, wide receiver, Megatron, Detroit Lions. Coach Tom Flores, safety John Lynch. Peyton Manning, quarterback, first time, first ballot Hall of Famer. You got a story about that in a second. Bill Nunn, which was listed as a contributor. I don't know exactly what that means. Drew Pearson, wide receiver, and Charles Woodson. Defensive back. Was he first ballot too? I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, three first ballots. So Peyton Manning, um, when when the writers from like Indianapolis, for instance, in this case, would nominate a player to be up for the Hall of Fame, they normally like, I nominate so-and-so this year because he's eligible and give a little spiel. And then people start to think, am I going to vote for this guy or not? guy for Indianapolis, the writer that nominated Peyton Manning. I heard this um, kind of from a behind-the-scenes type detail. Uh, they said that he got up and he was listening like Marvin Harrison, wide receiver, yada, yada, yada. He did this, this, this. Like Stats are really good. This is why I think he's a Hall of Famer, blah, 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 blah. Then he said, and I also nominate Peyton Manning, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's all he said. And yeah. Peyton got voted in. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it's probably like, I don't really need an explanation for that. <laughs> yep, don't really need an explanation. I think everybody's going to vote for him. So, yep. <laughs> And sure enough, he got in first ballot. So congratulations to him as well as the other um, people that got are getting inducted. Yes. Uh, some people were kind of like, why did Calvin Johnson get it first overall or first ballot? They thought maybe he should be held off for a few years, but... I mean, what he did, even though it was in a short amount of time, was nothing short of magnificent. So, yes, I completely think he's a Hall of Famer. So I didn't have. I, I agree. That. The fun, the fun stat I sent to you last night was <laughs> that Kevin Johnson was a rookie. His rookie season was when Tom Brady was thirty. Kevin Johnson played a whole career, <laughs> retired a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, retired and got inducted into the Hall of Fame all while Tom Brady still playing. And Tom Brady's still winning Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> Just crazy. 
Uh, NFL honors also happened over the weekend. Uh, we had given you kind of our midway point and after the regular season concluded who we thought was going to get it. Um, not a whole lot of surprises, maybe a couple. Um, the ones that we were in agreement on was the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was not a surprise. Offensive player of the year, Derrick Henry. I think I said that for sure. I think you did too. I did. Defensive player of the year, however, was Aaron Donald. I thought TJ Watt deserved it. Who did, did you have? I had Aaron Donald as my third option. Yeah, I would have said he was three. but I had yeah, Dan Howard as number two. Yeah, that's what I think I did too. Uh, Aaron Donald, though, wins his third defensive player of the year, the third player to do so. Uh, defensive rookie was Chase Young. I think that was an agreed upon. Mm-hmm. No doubt there wasn't even a competition there, in my opinion. Offensive Rookie of the Year was Justin Herbert, and he also won the overall Rookie of the Year. Um, we were kind of back and forth on this. I kind of thought the Offensive Rookie of the Year should have been JJ. Yeah, you know, it's just because of the, the most receiving yards ever by a rookie, and you don't even yeah. win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, it's just, it's just uh, you know, kind of a bummer that they both <laughs> were such good rookies in the same season. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have like seen like one win offense rookie and one win the overall rookie. You know, yeah. like with the, the like they do with rookie. MVP versus offense player of the year, defense player of the year. They have three of them. You know, yeah. But in this case, there was only two and one won two awards. So, but I guess the voting wasn't even that close. I think it's fifty votes, and Justin Herbert got like forty two of them. Yeah, and I mean he did set records for as a rookie quarterback. So. Oh yeah, he set all kinds of records. Yeah. But I just think it, I think it's harder to do what JJ did than what Justin Herbert does because I agree. Herbert wasn't on a good team, and um, you know he was given the reins to just go for it and let it rip. You know, uh-huh. and it's it's a quarterback centric league now, so yeah, you're gonna see this every year where offensive rookies are gonna be threatening rookie records as a quarterback. So, yep. all right, and then uh, this one obvious: Alex Smith as comeback player of the year. Congratulations to him. Uh, we've covered that story along the way. And then coach was Kevin Stefanski, Skip Stefan's dog. That one surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it surprised me too. A lot, I was leaning, a little. Yeah, I was leaning Ron Rivera. Uh, Brian Flores had a really good year. Um, the Buffalo coach, uh, McDermott. Yeah, there was four people that could have won this award, but mm-hmm. uh, Stefanski gets it done. And I mean – Really, nobody probably expected him to make the playoffs in his first year. Normally, the first year, as a head coach, he struggled a little bit. But they won 11 games and a playoff game. So, pretty good. Pretty good season yeah. by a first-year first head coach. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Now, let's get to what everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> I know Dan's not happy. The Super Bowl. The Well, I don't know if I'd call it Super Bowl because it wasn't very super. It was a bowl. The Big Bowl. <laughs> big Bowl, huh? Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Chiefs. What was the final? 30 to 9. 31 to 9. Uh, first time in Pat- Patrick Mahomes' career, he lost by double digits, as well as first time he ever was held under 10 points yes. for his offense. I also did a, a deep dive. Nine points is the fewest points Kansas City has scored on a game. Since week 11 of 2017, on they lost in overtime to the Giants when Alex Smith and Eli Manning were the quarterbacks. They scored nine in that game as well. Wow. That is a deep dive. Uh-huh. All right, I'm just going to break it down for you. Um, 
these are kind of my headlines and I'm just going to shut up and get out of here then. Um, I picked the chiefs. I was obviously rooting for both teams. I was going to be happy with whoever won. Cause like I said, Tom Brady's my boy too. So I was fine with whoever won the game. However, the way the events transpired on Sunday, I was not like jumping off my couch, excited at the end of the game. Um, the penalties that happened during the game, they drove me crazy, and I thought I kind of took away from the game a little bit. And I know you kind of had contradicting views on this, Chip, but um, <laughs> ultimately what I, what I would say is, did the penalties end up mattering? No, because Tampa was definitely the better team on Sunday. Yes. Um, but it made me enjoy the game less <laughs> because it was more about the calls that the refs were making than you know, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes making big plays. And that's what everybody wanted to see. And it kind of turned out to be a boring Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady had some big plays, but, um, um, you know, if you really look at like the biggest plays that transpired, it's like the pass interference penalty on uh, Mike Evans and the interception that got called back for a holding that wasn't really much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just to name a few. So it, those are the plays that I remember more from the game than you know, Gronk's touchdowns, for instance. So, like, whenever you think back of a game and you're not even thinking about, like, big plays or, like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't believe he made that play, like the David Tyree catch or the Plaxico Burris catch in the back of the end zone, the Julian Edelman catch where he, like, pulled it basically one inch from the ground and caught it, you know, um, after bouncing off four people. Those are the plays you remember of Super Bowls when you think back on them and you're, like, I can't, I can't believe that that was so historic this game. I don't really feel like I'm going to think back and say, Oh my gosh, I can't. Can you believe that catch that Gronk made in the end zone? I'm going to think back and think about the penalties. (laughs) I don't think there was any like big plays like that though. Anyway. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm almost going to remember this, this game more for the white hat that I watched most of the game calling penalties on the chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just seemed like it disrupted all sorts of flow and rhythm to the game as far as like a competitive exciting matchup that we were all anticipating and turned it into kind of four hours of wasted time just to see the bucks win because it yeah. kind of seemed one-sided after you know after they scored before halftime maybe i mean yeah some of those penalties definitely were questionable but like you said it they weren't like huge difference makers in the game well the mike evans one might have been if that didn't happen the Bucks might not have scored a touchdown before half and gone up 21 to six or whatever. So that one could have made a, a drastic difference in what the game was looking like going into the third quarter, but would it have affected the outcome of the game? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I was going to just add that. I think, I mean, Kansas city was not doing anything like they weren't, I don't know. They, what am I looking to say here? They underperformed for sure and were not playing up to their usual standard. Their offensive line was terrible. Yeah, wow. they, I mean, they they uh, they had to move a right tackle to left tackle. They had to move a right guard to right tackle, and then they had to fill in right guard. So they had three guys out of the five offensive linemen playing a position that they're not normally playing on any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a stat that said Mahomes was pressured on 29 of his 56 dropbacks, which was the most ever in a Super Bowl. 
Meanwhile, Tom Brady was pressured on four of his 30 dropbacks, which was his lowest in his 10 Super Bowl appearances. And uh, there were just so many plays yesterday or Sunday that Mahomes was just running for his life and still trying to extend plays. And I was, he was still making throws that were nuts. Yeah. That his receivers were dropping that they almost never dropped. So that was another thing that was happening. Yeah. It's just like they lost all continuity with each other. And just yeah. because the timing was so off, they just quit making the routine plays that they normally do. And like I said, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like the flow of the game got disrupted and that made a huge difference, I think. But I think that was mostly on Tampa Bay's defense though. They yeah, no, just, that's what I'm saying is yeah. like like Tampa Bay's front four played amazing and their linebackers are obviously all over the field too. So like they were almost the MVP, like you said, all yeah. together as a defense. Like they played amazing yeah, to do I would, that. I would have given it to them instead of Tom. And could. I thought I thought the Chiefs defense would be able to, you know, play well, but they just had so many penalties that it was like they're up against the wall almost in a situation. And then they couldn't even stop the run late in the game either. Yeah. The, uh, the bucks definitely hit the chiefs weak spots. Like when I was looking at all the stats and stuff, Kansas city ranked really high against defending wide receivers, which if you look at the stats for the game, that still hung true. Mike Evans had one catch. Chris got on it too, but they, the chiefs ranked pretty low, actually like the bottom third and rush defense. And that's, what Tampa Bay did, and they just kept running. Both running backs. Yeah, which I yards. said if they would go away from the run, that it would be a tough to win. But, you know, I was surprised that they stuck with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was effective. And that's what, what we said they needed to do to win the game. They needed to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. And it seemed like time of possession was much in favor for the Bucks most of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa maybe Bay late, just... maybe like late in the third quarter, uh, Kansas City started going on some long drives to even it out, but I feel like Tampa through two, three quarters had the ball most of the time. Yeah. Spe- yes. Especially, it was like a drive towards the end that they just ran like six times in a row, I think. Yeah, and they couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. So Tampa Bay definitely came in with the game plan that worked, I would say. Yeah. Yep, for sure. For sure. Um. Oh, another my little stat from Friday about the top ten defenses, man. It's it's stay, sticking true. Yes, it did. And they played like a top ten defense yeah. too. I think that's the eighth Super Bowl in a row now. A top ten scoring defense has won. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City just on the outside, number eleven. Uh, I guess enough. <laughs> got some other stats here. Mahomes has lost two career playoff games. Both of them were against Tom Brady. That's a little fact. And the Bucks this year, for the, they, uh, they were a wildcard team, so they had four games. But they beat three previous Super Bowl MVPs in this postseason trip. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes. And, ta- and Tyler. And Taylor. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Heineke, <laughs> yeah. who played like an MVP that yeah. night. <laughs> oh, yeah. So some stats there. But, yep, I don't know. Definitely, definitely not the uh, high-scoring shootout I think most people expected. Yeah, no, it was kind of boring, honestly. I just was like, I felt like I was in a cloud watching it. I was just like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm excited for Tom, and, like, the post game was awesome, like, you know, watching him up there and Gronk and everything like that. Like, that made me excited and happy, you know? Yeah. But, like, 
the game itself just did not turn out to be what I wanted to. Nope. <laughs> but like, I feel like when you build it up in your mind so much, yeah. like I did for two weeks, you know, I, like it was like a dream come true to see this matchup because this is what I wanted to see. But then it just underperformed, you know, mm-hmm. underdelivered. So it's like, like somebody tells you a movie that you really, yeah, exactly. like really, really good. So you build it up in your head and you're like, yeah, it was all right. You, we always seem to start telling ourselves the Super Bowls every year are going to be terrible. Yeah, it's just going to be terrible, and then it'll blow your mind hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this kind of seems like how Super Bowls are now. Like, you always expect these great games, but a lot of times they're not. Last year's was all right. Yeah, I last thought. year's was okay. And uh, I guess the Eagles one was kind of good, too. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what am I missing in there? Um, the Falcons, maybe, and the Rams. The Rams ten oh, yeah. six one or whatever. Yeah, that one was dumb. <laughs> that was boring. <laughs> that was boring. The uh, the Falcons losing to Tom Brady. The first three and a half quarters were pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, it was the last quarter that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like this Super Bowl if Kansas City would have come back in the fourth quarter and won. Like the first three quarters were just like meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of was getting that feeling when they were going on the one drive. I was like, if they would just find a way to score a touchdown oh. here and it's 31-16, <laughs> are we going to see this repeat of what Tom Brady did four years ago? Oh, man. But we didn't. So we didn't. it's over now. It's done with. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, go enjoy Disney World for the yes. seventh time. Tom Brady now has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise in yes. NFL history. That's nuts. You got Very the Steelers, nuts. you got the Patriots, and then Tom Brady above them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Gronk with his fourth. Crazy. Yeah, that That's crazy. a lot for another individual. So yep. uh, he had a great game. Um, yeah, he might not have performed as well during the season, throughout the season, but they definitely needed him for this big game. Mm-hmm. So good to see him back and going at it. So, all right. Well, wait, wait. Yep. Ariana Grande, the uh, you know big musical artist, she has a song called Seven Rings." Came out two years ago. Uh-huh. I think I think it was a little preview for Tom Brady. You know, preview, interesting. A little, a little prediction. I don't remember how the song goes, but it's called yeah, Seven well, Rings." Why else would you have up. seven rings? I don't know. Tom Brady. I don't know. Tom Brady does. <laughs> All right, we mentioned the Hall of Fame uh, players that we're getting in this year. Chip's got a game for me today based on Hall of Fame members, a uh, little quiz. So That's we're going to get to that. Game time segment three, Fish and Chip Pod. We're back after this. Welcome back to the Fish and Chip Podcast. It is game time, segment three. Chip Daly's over there with the game. Explain it. Uh, yeah, so as Dan said in uh, the last segment, it's a Hall of Fame NFL game. This is actually his idea, so if it sucks, you can blame him. <laughs> Just kidding, because I can't remember all the names. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it Hall of Fame or picture hanging in the hall of their parents' house. Um, <laughs> uh, I have uh, 10 people here, 10 athletes, and I suppose coaches that played in the NFL. And you just had to tell me if they're in the Hall of Fame or if they're just a picture hanging in their parents' house. All right. Sound good? Yep. All right. Number one, Deion Sanders. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. 2011. What about? A long time ago. uh, What about Chris Collinsworth? 
Ooh. Wide receiver. Now he's yep. some of that football guy. <sighs> did he get in before? Hmm. I feel like he did. Yeah, I'm going to go with the ideas. He is not. He's in the, the University he's of... He's picture in his parents' of- Yeah, but he's also in the University of Florida's Hall of Fame for college. But not the NFL. Oh. I just, I just was thinking about... Like I feel like they have a football life. Chris Collinsworth on the NFL Network. Yeah, I feel like right. They don't do that for non-Hall of Fame people. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, fooled me. Fooled. Bamboozled. All right, number three. The juice is loose. OJ Simpson. Did he get in? I don't think he did. Oh he man, did. I'm. A, he did oh actually. gosh. Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> which I think was before the whole scandal. Yeah, the scandal was in the 90s, I feel like. Yeah. All right, number four. <laughs> Larry Johnson. I don't know if you remember him. Chiefs running back. Yep, I do. And he is not in the hall. Yeah, that's correct. He's not. He was pretty good, though. Yeah, he was. He was behind Priest Holmes for a while, and then mm-hmm. he took over. And I feel like he had like a four-year stretch of just amazing football. But it yeah. didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. All right, number five. This is going to be a short game. <laughs> Uh, I probably could have done like 20 names, but I will. All right, number five, Tory Holt. Uh, Tory Holt, that's the Rams wide, wide receiver. Yeah, Rams wide receiver. Uh, he was currently on the ballot, so uh, no, he's not in yet. That is correct. Uh, I, I believe he said after uh, the announcement was made this past weekend that he hopes the third time is a charm, so I think next year's his third year on it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number six, Antonio Gates. He hasn't been out the league long enough yet. Some say no. Uh, yep, you're right. <laughs> Can't get those. Wasn't he, just, wasn't he just playing last year still? Uh, 2018 was his last season. Okay, okay, yeah. So he's eligible in 2023, and I'm sure he'll be a first ballot guy. All right, number seven, Ed Reed. The safety. He's in. Yes, he is. He was uh, inducted in 2019. Yeah, I was going to say it was recently. I feel like he got in. Yes. All right, three Alrighty. more. I have not been keeping track of how you've been doing. I'm okay. five and two. Okay. <laughs> Number eight, Donald Driver. Packers driver here. Dan Schaap. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with no. That's correct. He's not. Yeah, I didn't think he was. Although I, I almost think it should be. He had a long career. Yeah, I don't think it was ever like like super good seasons, but it was a very it was a very steady career. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's other guys that need to get in before him though, yeah. like Reggie Wayne and Reggie Wayne, uh, Tory Holt. But I didn't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number nine, Jamal Lewis, running back for the Ravens and Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, did he get in? I'm thinking that he didn't, but I'm going to say yes, he did. He did not. Dang it. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, he's not in the hole. Was right. he on the Madden cover once upon a time? I think so. Well, was he? I think so. We'll it look would, it up. It would have been when he was with the Ravens then. Yeah, I feel like it was like in 2004, maybe. It might have been. I know Ray Three. Lewis was on it too, so maybe they had two Ravens like back back years. Yeah, might have. Can't remember. All right. All right, last one. 
Bud Grant, Vikings coach from 70s, 80s, I think mostly 70s and 60s. I'll look like such an idiot if I get this one. <laughs> I, he's in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. For the Vikings. He's He's got to be in there. Final answer? Yeah, he's in. Yes, he is. 1994. There we go. He's in for yeah i think it's i think it was the coach for all four super bowl losses yeah <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah i don't know he's yeah he had a very good overall record i think it's like 180 and like 100 something like that good coach. crazy yep yeah yes indeed that was the game <laughs> i did pretty good seven yeah, out did. of ten that's right. not bad that's better than the 50 percent we shoot for yeah, 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 yeah. All yes, right, fish pod. Game time today was a little short, but that's because we took 20 minutes talking about the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, fish and Chip pod. We're on Twitter at Fish and Chip pod, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Machine, Amazon, most places you get your podcast. Bullhorn, remember, hashtag prop up at Thrive Fantasy, promo code FISH, F I S H. If you didn't get in on the Super Bowl stuff that they had going on this weekend, maybe try try now and play some NBA games or something. Yeah, or golf or League of Legends or cricket. Cricket or baseball eventually. We'll be back on uh, Friday. My and uh, <laughs> my fingers are crossed that we have some news because right now I don't know what we're going to talk about anymore. Uh, tune in to see what the heck is up on Friday. Yes. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It, it might be a, be a five minute, minute episode. <laughs> Fish and Chip Daily Dan Fish, thank you for listening. Stay sweet, universe. Thanks,